Hello and welcome back to the weekend spread uh, presented by the Schooner Pod. And uh, I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got our esteemed crew of pickers. We've got Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and the captain himself, Bowden Blake. This is the Schooner Pod show where we talk about college football as a whole, make our picks. It's a great time. And uh, we're a proud member of the sellout crowd network as well. Anyways, um, guys, very interesting week. I a lot, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Uh, but Boat and Blake sitting back on top again at 29 and 18. Jameson sitting uh, second, 24 and 23. These haven't changed. Ty scoots up to third with a solid six and four performance last week, uh, 23 and 25. And I'm at the bottom, uh, 22 and 25, with just another just mid five and five record. So not great, uh, but you know, hey, we we'll see what happens as we go. So, um, look, Jameson, this is your first time back in full action. You've been gone for a while, and you know, normally, well, what I would do is ask how you've been. You know, I, I'd ask you know what you've been up to. Uh, but you know, we're, we're going to kick this to boat and Blake, the, the champion right now. And as, as listeners and viewers would note, uh, Blake's been counting up tallies of grievances, uh, against your, your video picks. And Blake, do you, do you have any, uh, anything to confront Jameson on over, uh, over the past couple weeks of, uh, remotely putting in, uh, picks? It's just been kind of abysmal pick making and logic that Jameson just comes on these videos and just assumes that he is speaking facts when in reality he doesn't have to face the music for his horrible takes. I'm trying to think of a specific one, but they've been exactly been so many bad ones. That's exactly it's hard to really right. out. Mm. So it, it's been. I'm glad to Jameson's back. He has to answer for his crimes, just like we do it in the justice system, where everybody sees their day in court. Jameson finally gets that again because, my God, we needed it. Some but of those. Take me to damn court. You don't have. Excuse any me. Excuse me. You cannot even bring a specific charge against my client here. <laughs> Bobby. You Bobby brought, got me on the spot. The accusation Bobby, to Bobby the court. He was doing this, and so I didn't prepare anything. You but, brought the accusation to the court. I'm sure he's done something. Your honor, let, let it be known. Like, if you felt strongly about it, you you know that you know the violations off the top of your head. Mm, I feel I strongly agree. about a lot of things. That's that's one thing for sure. Yeah, and I had a sixty-five percent win rate whenever I was Robo Jameson. So let's not say I was doing things absolutely egregiously while I was gone. Ah, uh, twenty-four and twenty-three. That's my overall record. You want to look how poorly I did in my first two weeks? I am on an absolute like rampage. You know, comparison to what I've done some since week two, I guess, of college football on. You're the kid that knows how to do all the tricks on the calculator to get the right answer, but you don't know how to show your work, and that's what matters. Anyways, guys, any any particularly surpri uh, surprising results from the past weekend? Uh, obviously, that kind of crazy ending uh, in South Bend with Ohio State taking that um, that last second, you know lead to beat Notre Dame was a little bit nuts. Uh, did anything did anything surprise anybody? Ty? I had a very surprising outcome. It was an absolute roller coaster. Jameson already knows where I'm going with this. If y'all listen to the podcast on Sunday, you heard maybe a little bit of this, but my wild card was, of course, our beloved Texas State 
Wildcats or Bobcats. Oh my goodness. Jameson's going to crucify me. Yeah, that was tough. That was really <laughs> tough. <laughs> casual Boko fan over here. That was very casual Boko fan. Anyways, they hosted Nevada at home. I thought it was a sure thing at Boko minus 17. They were down 17 nothing initially. Nevada has a turnover prop. It's a trident. Thankfully, the Texas State student section got a hold of it. One of the band members got a hold of it, and he hurled it at the Nevada football team. He was then arrested and uh, taken out of the stadium wrongfully, I will add. And Texas State <laughs> went on a 35 unanswered point streak. They were covering. Unfortunately, Nevada stuck one in for the back door at the end. But Texas State did recover down 17. It was a moral cover, although it still remains a loss. Blake, is that a great college football weapon? Story. I don't I I don't think that's assault. It's Boko, okay? You can't bring in a trident into a Boko, especially near a Boko student section. We know that school likes to party. We know Boko has a degree mm-hmm. in biology. I don't know why you're bringing you're bringing in the trident. I don't know well, why you're bringing it's, that in. It's it's kind of like on. it's kind of like bringing an untrained monkey to a haunted house for children. Well, <laughs> yeah. Shout out Paul Assassin. Well, not only that, Blake, it's a is is it Texas a standard ground state? So we're, yeah, but the Texas State uh, faithful were just standing their ground and, you know, they're allowed to do that. So many, so many teams these days do like the TCU is one of them, like defend the Carter. They were defending their stadium. They were doing what exactly the marketing teams have been saying across many different teams, across many different states. And now everybody's in an uproar that they actually tried to defend their home stadium. But is anyone actually mad at Texas State for it? No, absolutely exactly. Because all, all I have to say is, yeah, Oregon State better never schedule uh, Texas State because Oregon State has a turn of a <laughs> chainsaw, and that could be a problem. Uh, that's that is very true. You cannot trust Boko with a chainsaw. I I know I for sure would not. But um, all right, guys, let's get on to this week of picks. Unless anybody has anything they want to share from this week, um, but before we do that, actually, let's let's go and let's let's. Let's do something here because I've actually have a pretty fun local sports fact uh, for you guys. And, you know, look, most of my random knowledge tends to be a bit useless. But, you know, this one's actually kind of cool. So did y'all actually know that sellout crowd sports writer Barry Trammell has given blood 278 times? So, I mean, that's just an insane amount of uh, amount of times. And I guess anytime Barry's not in a press box, he's usually at an OBI blood drive, I suppose. But anyways, that's just genuinely amazing. Um, Jameson, as somebody who's out in the medical field, you know, you've, you've been working nights, you've, you've been up and up, up close and personal with, uh, you know, uh, a lot of health stuff, uh, obviously recently, uh, you can speak to how important it is to donate blood, right? Yeah. Um, I've got multiple patients right now that are getting blood products, getting platelet products that if we wouldn't have people donating blood, like they probably wouldn't be living. It's a serious life or death thing. So Whenever you go out and donate blood, if you're looking to go make a difference in something that takes very little effort, donating blood is a great way to do it. And Sellout Crowd, partnering with OBI and Bob Moore, have got a really good deal for you. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, yeah, Sellout Crowd, Schooner Pod, you know, and then obviously Bob Moore Auto Group and Our Blood Institute, you know, 
teaming up for a great cause. And look, this week, when you donate blood at any Our Blood Institute location or Bob Moore Auto Group location, you'll not only save lives, uh, but you'll also get a chance to win a brand new Kia Soul from Bob, Bob Moore Auto Group. Uh, Jameson, you and I genuinely do love Kia Souls. Yes, so we do. That's a pretty Shout good out deal. To hamsters. Shout out to those hamsters. If it's good enough for the hamsters, it's good enough for me. Uh, so that's just a win-win. So look, Oklahoma City, Central Oklahoma, let's come together, show our community spirit, and make a difference. Visit selloutcrowd.com slash OBI for more details. And let's be like Barry, giving back to our community in a big way. So join us. Uh, I think I join us in, in this uh, incredible partnership uh, between Sellout Crowd, Bob Morado Group, and Our Blood Institute. Um, look, links in the description. Uh, so make sure to check it out. Again, that's sellcrowd.com slash OBI. Together, we can achieve great, greatness both on and off the field. So don't miss out on the chance to be a true hero. All right, let's go ahead and make some picks. All right, I don't know what Ty was doing. He was doing this little scoot thing. Was, <laughs> I was, that, was excited. that a clap? Or? I was, no, I was just I, excited for the picks. Your hand looked like one big hand. It looked like you were just waving me I was going too quick for the... You're yeah. <laughs> Freaky fast. You got boy. some big hands. Swimming some anti some anti Kenny Pickett's over there. Oh no, it's all good. Let me see that thumb. You got a good wide gate gate with your thumb right a there. Wide <laughs> Is that a thing? Like how yeah, Kenny Kenny Pickett's you? thumb was like couldn't stretch much, so his hands were very, very small at the end. Does he just have like a little look, like a little claw Bobby hand? on the pod last week? Oh geez. I was five <laughs> and five. I was, it wasn't Man, a great one, record, but those were so push. I'm the definition of mid. There were a two. There were two of those picks though that we knew were auto losses going into the weekend. <laughs> Baylor and Colorado. Are yeah, that was, big, that was a big. That was a big. That was bad. That was big, bad. Big wolf. I took some risks. I was wrong on both. No, I'm so glad you lost that Baylor one because you forced that. <laughs> you forced that game on the card. I told you, let's not pick it. It's a boring game. Okay. We know the result beforehand, and we still six. encounter to it. The, Texas the actually Colorado, tried for once. Uh, just go ahead, Ty. You got it. The Colorado game, what happened was there was a, a – the Colorado train was heading towards a large overpass, and the bridge was clearly out. And Bobby was a train-hopping hobo standing beside the tracks, and he saw the train slowing down, and he was like, my chance to hop on this train just as it goes <laughs> over the cliff. That's what yeah, happened. Yeah, I just – I thought Sanders would keep up with them. That was woof. That's fine. Even with that disaster, I still ended up five and five. So not really the worst case scenario. So uh, anyways, let's move on to our first game of the week. All lines locked in uh, today. We're recording this on Wednesday, September 27th. So if the line shift, hey, that's that's on you. We're going to start with a pretty big one on Friday. Speaking of the chainsaw at Oregon State, might see it. Uh, this Friday, it's the Oregon State Beavers playing host to the Utah Utes, who are 4-0, 2-2 against the spread, uh, ranked 10th in the country. Um, you know, they're facing the Beavers, who are 3-1, 2-2 against the spread. Oregon State favored by Tree Fitty, 3.5. Uh, you can find this one 8 p.m. Central Time on FS1. Uh, this one again on Friday night. Uh, Boaten Blake, since you are in the lead, you kick us off here, and then we will snake draft as we always do. So, Blake... Who do you like in this uh, top 25 big Pac-12 battle? Yep, battle. this one's easy. The Beavs, spooky Beavs. It's Beavs at night. I'm so sick of this Utah team, and I know they're going to get forced down their throats this year because, like many Utah teams, they just find ways to win, especially in conference play. But with 
the the quarterback play is so bad. It's so bad. I was so excited last week for Utah-UCLA. I saw UCLA in a potential upset spot. I like Dante more and what he was showing at the beginning of the year. 14-7. to 14-7 and probably one of the most stinker kind of primetime games I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think Oregon State, I think their offense is moving well under DJU. I, I actually really like the fit there. Their defense can't really stop a nosebleed, it seems like, against legitimate competition. But I just don't trust this Utah team. They can't move the ball. I think UCLA, a decent defense, they couldn't. Like, they had 219 total yards. That at home, that is horrible. That is a horrible. And I know Cam Rising, they keep on teasing him. It's like, oh, is he going to be back? Is he not? He's not coming back till after the bye week. I think they're gonna they're going to sit on him as long as possible before they have to put him in. I'm taking the beefs. I think the offense is clicking enough. I think that Utah really has been fortunate that UCLA came out, played a stinker of an offensive game. They've their next hardest test are then Baylor and Florida, although one of them's a decent team in Florida. Not really offensive movers. Like Sawyer Robinson looked great against uh, that Utah defense in the first half. I remember that. I think DJU is just a league above anybody they've uh, played uh, now at the quarterback role. So give me the spooky beeves minus the three and a half. I don't care if that hook's dirty. I'm taking them. Yeah, I think that this line is more towards Utah because of the thought of Cam Rising possibly being back. And yes, I, I've definitely been thinking about it. But the one thing, like you said, that makes Oregon State this pick is it is a Friday night game, and it is at night. Oregon State is like undefeated in terms of Friday night games at night. Like they always show out. And Cam Rising, if he does come back, you know, like – how much support does he actually have around him on the offense? You know, we talked about this 14 to seven game last week, Blake with UCLA. Let's just talk about that first drive. Dante Moore just throws a pick six. So essentially the Utah offense only scored one touchdown and that was right before halftime ended. That offense was anemic. I, I think Cam rising should help that whenever he comes back first game back off ACL injury with the offense that's having injury problems with Jaquindon Jackson being out of the lineup, I'm just going to have to pick Oregon State here. There's too many things pointing towards it. Yeah, I don't have a whole ton of analysis. I'm going to have to go with Oregon State. It is weird. You know, traditionally I would pick the, the higher-ranked team as is uh, one of my defaults on, on games where I don't necessarily have a good read on either team. They touched on, um, you know, this – Utah team just being, I think they're riding on some of last year. And then uh, Cam Rising, obviously that Florida win is continuing to boost their, their credibility. But Oregon State, I, some things that concern me, this is not a bit. DJU does concern me. Uh, it just, I'm not 100% sold that he is sort of fixed yet. I'm worried that Utah might be able to create a turnover here or there um, on the air. But overall, I do like the Spooky Beeves minus Tree Fitty at home. Yeah, it's a sweep for Oregon State here. Um, and look, this is a matchup between two teams that I feel like are best at home. Oregon State playing in that new and improved research stadium. They have a lot to prove. They are literally fighting for their lives out here to continue to be uh, power five, whatever that means. Um, they they didn't look 
they didn't look awful against a pretty solid Washington State team on the road. But let's be honest, Oregon State just plays better at home. And on a on a night game, you know, thir- Friday night, you know, you get those vibes. Sometimes a pick just like calls to you. You just know it's right. Uh, this one opened up at a pick them. I would have loved to get it there. I'm still happy to get it three and a half. And this line is probably going to continue to trend uh, Oregon State's way. So give me the beeves as well. All right, moving on to our next game. We've got the 13th ranked LSU Tigers, three and one, two and two against the spread, headed to the Grove to take on the Ole Miss Rebels, ranked 20th. Um, they're three and one, uh, both overall and against the spread, uh, coming off of a loss uh, in Tuscaloosa to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Tigers favored by two and a half here on the road. Uh, you can find this one 5 p.m. Central on ESPN. Look, I I love Ole Miss. I, I Ole Miss is fine, but they are just not a serious football team. I, I don't I, I'm no longer buying that hype. They fool me every single year with all of the Lane Kiffin talk, and you got Juice Kiffin and you got like some fun stuff with Jackson Dart, but there's no substance there. There's nothing really legit there. Every year they fool me into thinking that this is the year it's going to be different when they make that level, like that leap up into, you know, being a potential SEC West contender. And they're just not that. They aren't that. And I, I think even though LSU looked awful week one against Florida State, uh, they've looked shaky kind of. Uh, off and on throughout the season i think they're a better team than Ole miss uh and i think they're going to go on the road and get this win here so give me lsu minus two and a half here's what y'all need to understand about Ole miss football and once you hear this you know my beloved fans of the schooner pod and then also my co-hosts who are also beloved Ole miss is just academically much weaker much poorer and much smaller A&M when it comes to football. It's always like, oh, we got this big recruiting class coming in. Like, we got this coach who coached it, whatever else. Like, we're going to do stuff. We're going to shake stuff up. And then it just never materializes. That being said, classic tie take where I just dog on a team and then I, I support them. I like Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss as a betting favorite or as a betting pick in a lot of games coming up this season. This is not one of them. I understand the Tigers have looked a little shaky. There's no home field advantage in Oxford, Mississippi. I'll say that right now. This will be a big one. This will be a super, super fun one to go to. But I love Brian Kelly and the Tigers in this one, especially at two and a half. I understand that Bama had, I think, a pretty respectable showing in Bryant-Denny, but Judkins is not going to carry this for him. Dart's not going to carry this for him. Give me them Tiger boys, even though they have – arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in all power five. Here's the thing. Ole Miss did not really impress me in the slightest last week versus Alabama. Yes, I understand it's Alabama, but we got to reframe here. 10 points for an Ole Miss team is just not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. I don't care that Alabama's got so many skill players on their defense that they can hold a team um, like Ole Miss to that number. I just don't see a scenario where LSU is going to put up the stinker of an offensive game like Alabama did. Alabama toyed around with Ole Miss for the whole game pretty much. You know, LSU's offense is too potent for that. You know, I I just, I think LSU can run away with it and win by double digits here. Yep, make it four on the Tigers. 
this old Miss team, we pointed out last week, there are a bunch of frauds. We knew this going in into the game versus Alabama. They have a lot of flash. They have a lot of transfers. And where I disagree maybe a little bit with Ty with the comparison to A&M, because I don't think they recruit yeah, bad very take. well. They, they're they like just, 20th every single year in recruiting. Yeah, they're not good. They just get flashy. The 20th in recruiting is insane for a school that has the resources and the location. Not, not in the SEC, though. So, not in so the SEC. I'll defend Ty's take a little bit here. I think if he's talking about an overall mentality, I think there's something to be said there for taking people from other places and then be like, oh, it'll work out differently this but, time. But they're not yeah, like, a and tra- doesn't do transfer, transfer portal you. stuff like that. No, no, I'm not, we're not talking about portal stuff. We're talking about head coaching. Like, we're talking about that type of atmosphere. Which you know, uh, yeah, A and M's probably just move those goalposts on your own. No, not Lane Kiffin is not like Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher recruits a completely different style of program. He was building it through the trenches. He had like three five star D tackles coming in last year. No, I mean we're not talking about like exact one to one. Like, oh, Ole Miss is exactly A and M. They're totally different in that way. But like, just looking at like Ole Miss's coaching hires, be like, yeah, we got Hugh Freeze away from blah blah blah, and you know we got Lane Kiffin. They get these big names. A and M's been doing this prior to Jimbo. You know, they got Dennis Franchione going back to like all of those old hires. You know, it, it, I see where he's coming from. I don't hate him. Jameson are on the same wavelength. What Bobby just said made I, absolutely not, no sense. Making no uh, sense. But I'll I have somehow on. triggered from a head coaching perspective. What Ty said makes sense. I somehow triggered Blake defending and standing for AM. That was, that was weird. Yeah. And what a is doing right now is historically what they've never done before. They have never recruited at this level. Yes. Yeah. So Ole I'm, Miss isn't doing that. <laughs> oh, there was a time where Ole Miss was basically doing what they're doing now. Or what, what uh, A&M is doing now. So it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't oh, matter I just, I realized I just typed in Cold Colt Tickler. Take. Is Colt Colt Tickler. Take. Oh god, that's horrible. There was right, already an existing cold take alert. I, cu- I couldn't find it. That's why I typed my own. <laughs> hold up. One. Hold up. I made too many banners. But yes, there's I, so many in here. I'll go just to wrap this one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh miss. They we we pointed out last week they've struggled against inferior competition like no other this year they against Tulane they went in there with Tulane's backup quarterback and Tulane made that a game it took them to the very end to really separate away from them they struggled against Georgia Tech this year Georgia Tech's a very bad team and they allowed 23 points to them they went to Bama we've seen Bama struggles and Bama just kind of handled them uh the thing that's concerning to me about Ole Miss Quinston Judkins like went off last year he's their second leading rusher behind Jackson Dart right he doesn't look he's like a, he has it. Uh-uh. He do, he looks like a 30-year-old running back in the NFL, and he's only been playing for <laughs> one year. It makes absolutely no sense. He Three and a half yards per carry makes it, it is mind-boggling, considering the schedule they played beyond Alabama. Ran it 29 times last week, 56 yards against Tulane, who has a competent defense, 35 times for 89 yards. They can't get the running game, game down. I don't think Jackson Dart's that lethal of a threat, even though LSU's defense hasn't looked impressive all year. They've kind of been allowing anything and everything. 
I think LSU has a lot of flaws, but I don't think the SEC West is going to expose any of them. I don't think Jalen Daniels is probably the best quarterback on that roster. I don't think they're like I don't think they're at their best form. But the the SEC West this year is an absolute joke. Give me the Tigers. I yeah, it's bad. I think Bama's going to win the entire division again and like be one of the worst Bama teams like in the last fifteen years. So give me give me LSU in the points. I don't like. I don't want oh Ole Miss should not be ranked. Why are they ranked? This is the true SEC bias at its whole. Like they have a, a loss, yes, and a win at Tulane, but barely are beating these teams. Get them out of here. Mizzou actually deserves to be ranked over Ole Miss, which is something I would never say about Mizzou. So Mizzou's also me. ranked. There you go. There we are. But they weren't ranked last week. <laughs> and Fair. we still had bummy Ole Miss ranked. And weren't they like pretty high too? Shouldn't be 20 after that loss. So Give me the Tigers. Yeah, they were like 11th. Um, but it happens anyways. every year. Like it happens every year. Ole Miss gets those high rainy rankings and then we'll like string off three or four straight losses to end the season. It's just happening early this year. Well, Bama was down, like, so ESPN had to give them some fodder to, to yeah, boost you gotta, gotta give them some quality wins here. They've <laughs> God. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to our next ball game. Uh, we have the 11th ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish 4-1 uh, overall and 4-1 and against the spread. They are trying to recover from a very brutal, very heartbreaking, very stupid loss to the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes by running into a buzzsaw heading to Duke, um, ranked 20th, 4-0, 3-1 against the spread. Irish uh, favored by 5.5 here. Uh, it's You can find this one, 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC. Um, Pretty big one. Got college game day over here. Um, Blake, what do you think about Mike Elko's guys? Do you think they uh, can pull off a big win and send the uh, the Fighting Irish into a bit of a tumble here? Yeah, give me Duke. Give me Duke. I Duke plus those points. I saw it against Clemson earlier in the year, and I, we know that Clemson's not usual Clemson, but they still have some dogs on the defensive side. Definitely not as big as Notre Dame. And I think Clemson's offense is probably pretty similar to Notre Dame's. I think, although Notre Dame, better rushing attack, there's something concerning about Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman can't throw outside the numbers. They can only work the middle of the field. And Ohio State exposed that last week. Like, they could not move the ball to save their lives. I think this Notre Dame team, they're really solid defensively, have a good rushing attack, but that's kind of like Clemson. Like Clemson has a good rushing attack with Will Shipley. Like they have guys on that side of the ball. I've seen this game script once and you're going to give me Duke with the points. I think Riley Leonard's a legit dog. I love him as a Duke's quarter. I like Duke's quarterback. He He's a little bit, he's not a dual threat per se, but he can move a little with his legs, move around in the pocket. I, I just like a heartbreaker for Notre Dame last week. They probably should have won that game. Couldn't do it. I think Duke is on upset watch and upsets the fighting Irish. So give me the blue devils. Yeah. I thought I was going to be alone on this one. I'm picking Duke. Uh, Notre Dame just didn't impress me in terms of their offense last week. I mean, Sam Hartman led these kind of methodical drives and it just looked so vanilla. Like there wasn't, in them and i feel like if you're gonna go on the road in a college game day environment you gotta have some oomph in your offense and i just didn't see that from notre dame it just really didn't pop off the page i agree with blake here a lot 
you know, they showed what they can do in a big time game environment um, versus Clemson. And I think that they can do the same versus Notre Dame. Um, give me the points plus five and a half with Duke. Yeah. Well, hmm. this is where you really, you can tell the, the ball, not knowers on this one, <laughs> uh, just by how people pick this one. Notre Dame just at home admittedly, but, just barely lost in quite literally the last two seconds of the game to uh, the Ohio State University, who I think has maybe taken a step back this year. And Notre Dame just absolute poverty program, cannot get out of its own way, just decides that they want to run a 10-player defense, super new innovative thing. Uh, Not great for goal line stands, as we saw, unfortunately for them, but maybe they'll figure out their their 10-player defense against Duke here. I just don't understand why people are going to jump on this Duke train because they beat two and two Clemson, who is absolute guard. Like every other week, Blake is going out of his way to like, you know, giggle and dance on Clemson's downfall and how they're garbage. But then all of a sudden when a team he likes has beaten them, he's like, Oh, it's a quality. It's Clemson. It's Clemson. So here we go. With they the- have some guys that do. Oh my God. Now I've got Blake defending Dabo. No, Blake, I'm not. De- for the record, for the record, Blake has defended A and M and Dabo in the same like five minute span. Now uh, we are going off the rails. I will be taking the Fighting Irish in this one easy. I think they bounce back. I think they're a good program. I think in spite of their best efforts last week, they have a pretty good coaching situation. Um, Sam Hartman. Bum, but you don't need a good quarterback to win. Look at when Bama was super dominant. They had like A.J. McCarron or whatever his name was. OU made it to the national championship with Sam Bradford. So I I like the fighting Irish in this one. Ty, you're going to be an Emerald Isle boy on this one uh, because I'm going with uh, Duke plus or, uh, Duke plus five and a half here. Um, look, I, I feel like after a loss like that, you go one of two ways. Either you come out firing the next week or you come out a little flat, a little weird. And I feel like this is like the worst uh, get right game that you could possibly have after a disappointing loss. Uh, I think Mike Elko's team is very, very good. I feel like that Duke environment, it will be absolutely popping fired up for a six thirty game. Um, and look, Notre Dame might win the ball game, but their style of play makes me think that, if they do win, it'll be pretty close. Uh, so I, I I think that Duke pulls this one off uh, in terms of a – I think they cover five and a half. Notre Dame might win by a field goal. They might win close. But um, I'll tell you this. I think I think Duke is is really being slept on here. I think I think they, uh, they're going to give the Blue Devils – or so they're going to give the Fighting Irish uh, a lot of hell here. So Duke plus five and a half is my pick. Mike Elko is like – I think right now he's he's inching into like top 15, top 10 head coaches for me. He's really good. Like really good. It is hard to win our program like Duke. Similar to similar to a Northwestern, a Stanford. You have academic standards where you can't transfer in guys, and yet he's getting the best out of them. And like, you, Northwestern and Stanford are absolutely anemic college yeah. football programs right now. He can yeah. only take a few transfers a year for guys that have good enough GPAs, and he is somehow making it work there. I don't care if it's the ACC. I don't care if he's even like seven, eight wins at a program like Duke. Fantastic. Fantastic for college football. 
Well, yeah. and they don't just get up for the big games too. Like they played pretty well, like outside of that Clemson game. Like they've shown up and you know performed like a really good team should perform against, um, I believe, like Northwestern and you know a couple random directional schools that they were supposed to clobber, and they actually went out and actually beat them pretty bad. I but. love it. I hope he stays there. I need I need good coaches at smaller schools like that staying there, not going to these big programs where they can actually succeed. Agreed. It's super cool. Super cool. All right, moving on to our next game. We are getting into our Big 12 slate. We have a Friday night game again. Uh, it's the Cincinnati Bearcats, two and two, uh, both overall and against the spread. Uh, you know, almost all, some people, some people might have them, uh, you know, uh, you know, they might might have that as a loss, one and three. But, you know, in the schooner pod, uh, you know, they 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 uh, they covered. So I uh, just wanted, wanted to note that. Fourteen and a half. Yeah, they covered fourteen and a half. Uh, line closed at thirteen and a half. So uh, they're taking a trip to Provo, Utah, to take on the BYU Cougars. Three and one, one and three against the spread. Uh, BYU favored by three in this one. You can find this one nine fifteen Central on ESPN. A little late night kick. Uh, exciting stuff. I'll uh, kick this one off. Um, I was really, really, really not impressed with Cincinnati guys. I. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest, like that offense was um, very bad, pretty anemic. I, I know OU's defense performed pretty well, but I didn't see really anything I liked out of Emory Jones and um, what they had going on. I was, um, they, they have a solid D line. I thought, I thought Corleone was good, but BYU, even though they got beat pretty bad by Kansas, you know, they, they, they got close and it pulled away from them. I, I still feel like the BYU Cougars are a way better team here, and I think they're going to cover this three easy. Ty? Yeah, here, here's some things to remember. One, Emory Jones was playing so terribly that I, for a moment I thought Jaden Daniels had transferred to, to Cincinnati. Um, also, you have to Jayden, remember... Jaden Daniels is the best thing to happen to Dylan Gabriel because now, now he's the one that Ty is just beaten up on all season. This is true. And if, if Dylan, well, no, we're about to get into Dylan Gabriel is about to get exposed potentially. when we start to play, he was already looking a little sus against Cincinnati. Um, but again, not his fault, Levy's fault, employ him where he's best and, and keep him in his skill set. But it, we've gone long. I'll try to cut it short. Since he just atrocious in the red zone, really suspect offense being carried along by not that bad of a defense have to remember, barring that Dylan Gabriel uh, turnover, this was probably a 21-point game. Like, realistically, this is a 21-point game. If you were to, you know, play OU versus Cincy 100 times, more than half the times, it's a 21-point game for OU. Um, BYU, again, we've seen either side of the argument for them. I think they play well at home. I think you know, the Cincinnati players might be distracted by mountains. They might not know what those are. They might think they're giant, like, piles of, like, trash or whatever else they have in Ohio. It might confuse them a little <laughs> bit. Um, I like BYU in this one. I think this is shows the great potential for the Big 12 in the future to get some of these night games, especially as the pack collapses with teams out there. I think Big 12 after dark is going to be really exciting. Not this one, though. Give me the Cougs minus three. 
Yeah, BYU by the eye test in the Kansas game didn't impress me as much as I thought they would in the preseason, but Cincinnati with the eye test didn't impress me at all versus Oklahoma. I understand, like you said, Bobby, you know, we are really giving a lot of praise to this Oklahoma defense, but in terms of like, if they weren't playing a good defense like Oklahoma, like what would they really look like in conference play? I kind of could just envision it. I really wasn't seeing too much. So pick BYU at home here. Um, but I'm kind of disappointed in both of these teams. Dirty game to pick. Very, very dirty. It's one of those that I just had to use the line as the sign of which way I had to go. Just feel like BYU minus three is a square take. Feel like the Sharps are all over Cincinnati plus three. I think Cincinnati's still probably the worst Big 12 team. But I will say this one thing. When Cincinnati is rolling, they're running the ball. They did against Miami of Ohio. They lost, but at least they beat Pitt. They beat Pitt running it down their throats, Cincinnati and or sorry, BYU inspired no confidence in that uh in that realm. They weren't able to stop the run versus BYU and Arkansas was still able to run the ball a decent amount on them. I know they had good performances in the beginning with that run defense, but I think Cincinnati goes vanilla game plan, runs the ball, keeps it close. It's just, uh, I hate, like, this This game gives me similar vibes to Iowa State, Oklahoma State last weekend. I gotta go with two quarterbacks that just really suck, and these guys have been around college football for so long. It's like, Keaton Slovis, I'm kind of done with you. I think you're gonna get better every single where, like place you, like, go, but you still haven't gotten any better. You're, like, somewhat, like, anti-JT uh, Daniels because JT Daniels decided to take a big step this year at Rice. And then Emory Jones. Emory Jones is a straight-up bum for Cincinnati. Just like, this guy stinks. He stinks out loud. I can't oh, believe... Oh, brother. <laughs> like, I I can't believe he was able to find a starting job again. And I don't... I feel like I've seen Emory Jones for six years now. I can't escape Emory Jones. He's been on Florida, I felt like, for a, a lifetime. Then he was at ASU last year. I don't know how he has any eligibility left. But this line, like... BYU, to me, probably feels like the better team, but the line is signaling Vegas knows something, so I'm going the Bearcats. Island oh, man. Whoa. Mm. Okay. Mm. I mean, it, right. just statistically, Vegas has been really bad at getting a read on this BYU team, so yep. <laughs> I like to think that there's an overcorrection, but I can see the argument for, you know, Vegas just still doesn't have a read on, on BYU. Uh, Blake brought up an interesting point, though, with Cincinnati just – running is scott satterfield gonna go suit up like who is running it for cincinnati if they're just gonna run heavy emory they, jones yeah emory emory jones is their second leading rusher right now and then their uh cory kiner their running back has actually been doing pretty like decent like yeah i, don't, I didn't watch that you game last weekend not gonna lie uh obviously probably didn't do good against like legitimate defense but i don't think this byu team has a legitimate defense so I'm no, not worried. BYU's defense did not look good. I will get. I will give you that. They Kansas did everything they wanted to them. Kansas, but Kansas will do whatever they want to a lot of teams, though. Honestly, yeah, like yeah. they're that, they're well coached. They they know they know how to use both sides of the ball well. They can run the ball well. They can throw the ball well. They're just schematically very great on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, that that KU offense is is for real, and we'll get to them in a moment. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next game. Uh, and we have a West Virginia fan of the chat. Shout Timothy. Mm. Uh, 
appreciate you making your picks along with us, and you'll appreciate this one because it's your West Virginia Mountaineers three and one overall and against the spread. A very impressive three and one, I will say. Uh, they're traveling to Fort Worth to take on Boaten Blake's TCU Horn Frogs. Frogs favored by three and one, two and two against the spread. Uh, TCU favored by twelve in this one. Uh, this line has definitely grown. It start, it, I believe, opened at TCU minus nine. Um, can find this one 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. Uh, Captain, you take us off here. Uh, who do you like in this game? This game has me torn, has me torn in many ways. Like, typically, I'm just a homer TCU frog, just back them regardless. Backed them last week for the wild card win. West Virginia is doing exactly what I said they would do at the beginning of the season. I said they're going to go. They can't throw the ball, and they know it. So they're just going to run every single play, and that is exactly what they've done. Against Texas Tech, they only had 99 passing yards. Against Pittsburgh, they've only had 60 passing yards. This team knows its identity and knows it well. TCU's run defense has been honestly pretty great. Like, did great against Colorado. Granted, that doesn't mean anything because they don't run the ball. Did Colorado even attempt to run against TCU? no, like they attempted it a few, like they tried to keep them honest and every single time it went for like one or two yards, it was bad. Like their running back is basically a guy that can run wheel routes out of the back. Like that's his purpose there is to catch I thought the they're running back like doubles as the catering staff or something like that. God, it's so TCU hasn't played like a good, I guess, running, running offense yet. SMU was able to get a little bit on them. Oh, 12 points is a lot. 12 points is a lot. Still going to be a homer. Still going to be a homer. I just, I think with TCU, the one dimensional game plan, you're able to skip, like, you're able to scheme against it. You know, like, force them to throw. If you are stacking the box, putting guys one on one on the outside, force West Virginia to beat you over the top. I think the TCU defense is getting better and better each week. I'm a Chandler Morris believer now. I I went on a long long rant uh, (laughs) the week one because he had so many poor mistakes, but dang it, every single week he's improving and making some better throws. He's using his legs. It's like, ah, it's so frustrating. This TCU team would be in the top 15 right now if Chandler Morris could have led a game-winning drive at the end of the game or just didn't throw one of his two red zone picks in the end zone and converted those to field goals. Like, we would have been in a way better spot. This TCU team is good. All all of college football would have been in a better spot. Yeah, Yeah, literally, (laughs) my my entire existence the last few weeks would have been better, but... (laughs) I feel like it's a little unfair to damn TCU's offense for that Colorado loss too much because y'all gave oh, up a touchdown like every other drive. I mean, every drive. I don't think people you know? expected. Uh, I don't think people expected what Colorado could do on offense. And exactly uh, according, yeah. and, that, and that's something bad for TCU. They didn't expect it. And the but I'm not more. I'm no West Virginia is not going to roll out the Colorado offense. But no. <laughs> and Nico also Marchio can. No, can't even throw for 120 yards this game. Yeah, and like, see, the problem is it's like Dan Lanning, according to Colorado, he had the playbook, like all the coaches around the league were game planning against Colorado and gave it to Dan Lanning to beat them. So we didn't have we didn't have that magic playbook, supposedly, before <laughs> the season started. So that's why the Frogs had a rough start. I'm going to take the 12 points. I think West Virginia is going to keep it close in the beginning, but I just think the Frogs, it's just eventually, like it's going to become a track meet on offense against them. So give me the Frogs. 
Yeah, frogs cover in the fourth quarter. Um, here's the thing. If you told me, hey, West Virginia at home, not in Fort Worth, and the line is what, like eight? I'd be like, yeah, I'd take West Virginia, even though they're adjusting it for like the home game. I take West Virginia here. West Virginia on the road. I'm just not. I'm just not buying this one as much. I think that you don't get that hometown um, environment that really, really helps West Virginia. Uh, give me TCU with a fourth quarter cover. Yeah, look, we locked this one up this morning. Well, I think this afternoon. It was morning for me. Um, the line has already shifted further in TCU's favor um, as I pull it up right now. We locked it at twelve. Looks like it's 12.5. I might just be, you know, discrepancy between sports books, but um, I I don't know. I like, I like what West Virginia presents. I picked West Virginia wrong a lot this season so far. Um, So I got to, you know, look at how well I can read West Virginia. I like their potential to be very run heavy. I, at the start of the season, I thought that really run heavy teams would be great at, you know, covering, especially as dogs with these new clock rules. I foolishly completely forgot about the, uh, just the number of timeouts that they would try to work in for TV and for ads, like the real reason behind the clock rules. And that's not at all a conspiracy because the games are lasting just as long. We're just getting less football. Um, but I, I think, I don't know, this is truly game time. I Blake gave a good spiel, was a homer spiel. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Mountaineers. I gotta go with the Mountaineers. I think they can run it. I think I'm maybe trying to overcorrect for just. I think I picked against them a bunch this year and I've been wrong. I put my hand on the stove too many times and been burned. I'm gonna take it off. Might still get burned, but give me the Mountaineers uh, plus twelve in this one. I like what they bring to uh, to upset. Not upset, but keep it close with the Frogs. Look, the the nature of this show lends us to picking some really tough games. I feel like this is kind of one of them uh, because West Virginia, Neil Brown for as much hell as I've given this program and Neil, um, they've looked really good. Like even against Penn state, like they should have covered that game. They should have covered that game. They've impressed the hell out of me. And I just, that being said, I just cannot commit to, you know, 12 points feels a little low given how, how fast this TCU team has scored. I've kind of been fading them after that Colorado loss, and I think I was wrong to do that. I think this TCU team is a lot better than people probably initially thought after that Colorado loss. I think they can score in bunches, and I I, I feel like I'm see, I can see the future right now. I have West Virginia plus 12. They're holding on, they're holding on, they're holding on, and then two Chandler Morris touch or like a Chandler Morris touchdown late just screws me. You know, it, it seems like one of those where it's like TCU's just a little bit ahead, and then at the very end they push ahead and you lose your bet. That's what I think will happen. So give me TCU minus 12, but I think the Mountaineers give up a good fight. Uh sorry to sorry to break it to Timothy. Thank you for subscribing. I promise we'll pick TC uh, we'll pick West Virginia more often down that's, the line yeah, that's, because I've been that's impressed. A, that's, a, that's a false promise, Bobby. Come on. Don't no. don't promise him these I'm things. Pick, no, I, I I'm gonna pick I West I will, Virginia. Yeah. And Bobby. Pander and Bobby. Blake, no, here it is. I, no, some, I, no. I, he might there's be, some, but I, I agree with Bobby. 
there's some bummy teams in the Big 12, man. Yeah. Like, look, yeah, West, Virgi- West Virginia, West Virginia, Houston. No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. West Virginia, Houston. West Virginia probably covers. West Virginia, Oklahoma State. We don't even know the. But lines, you don't know the lines. Yeah. I still feel good about them. They at least Vegas know has a Vegas has a very like off read on West Virginia because, like you said, they should have covered against Penn State. They should be four and zero against the spread. I think there'll be a correction there. Like I, I, I'm sure they will correct. But I'm saying I, I like this team in a get in a couple cir- circumstances. Yeah, here. they don't I have mean, to play that, Texas. I, uh, you know, I think you just outright, tech, yeah. outright wins. They're going to have a very good record at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you just can't it, make it. The line's always overcorrect. Uh, well, yeah, of course, but they don't have to play Texas. They don't have to play Kansas State. You know, like, um, I, I, I feel like how West does Virginia that change have a pretty... anything with the betting line spread? It doesn't matter who you. <laughs> I do agree with that. I'm saying <laughs> they don't I have do to play tough. They don't have to play <laughs> tough teams. So what I'm saying is, if it doesn't overcorrect, then it's like still. I don't know what I'm yeah, trying to say. I just no, I feel yeah, pretty yeah. good about West Virginia. Colts I feel like they'll be in, alert. They're going to be no. I shut the <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Look, Damn, they're going to be a good. I, th- I think West Virginia is going to be in a lot of really good positions this season. So um, I just don't like this one. So um, yeah, Mountaineers. So uh, all right, I see there. <laughs> a little spice. I, I paused my behavior. <laughs> I paused myself. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. Get them ducks out of here. Get them ducks out of here. Get them ducks out. All right. Why do I, why do I give you? Why do I give you more on? My hands power? are up. My once again, my hands are up here. He's pulling a we're, Caleb Williams special. There's other. We're moving. <laughs> no, no, no. We're being advertiser friendly. This, uh, this Oh, we're moving on to our next game. It's the Baylor Bears. A disappointing, abysmal one and three. Uh, no, overall. I love that. Shut up, Ty. Let me talk. Let me talk. Uh, Both one and one and three overall and against the spread at Central Florida, who are three and one, two and two against the spread. Their first Big 12 home game. UCF favored by 11 and a half here in this one. And this number keeps rising. Uh, You can find this one 2.30 p.m. Central on FS1. Um, Look, um, UCF kind of bummed me out. Both of these teams kind of bummed me out a little bit last week. I I thought UCF fought kind of good against... uh, K-State, but completely collapsed at the end. And Baylor were just blown off the ball like the entire game. They were a disaster. Um, that being said, I, I like what I've seen out of Central Florida overall a lot more than I've seen out of Baylor. I feel like this Baylor team is fully in a tailspin. Uh, and I'm 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 fading the Bears all the way. The energy going on the bounce house for this first Big 12 game is going to be through the roof. And you cannot tell me Central Florida does not feed off of that. Um and I think they do. I think they romp here. Uh, so give me the Central Florida Golden Knights minus 11 and a half. Ty? Yeah, look, I'm number one anti-Central Florida person here. Also number one pro-Central Florida person here. Right? I cannot stand for some things. Like the Space U, it has to be mentioned. Completely false. I will restrict myself from going on that one again. Also, they did not win a national championship ever. They didn't even come close. We agree to a system. They have to play by those rules. But what about space. No, we're not going into the space thing. They don't own, they don't own like they literally have not even produced an astronaut. It's absurd. Um OU has a better claim to space than they do because we produce an astronaut who's been on the moon. But um we we produce more than one astronaut, to be clear. Um I like UCF in this one. 
disappointed last week, disappointed against the spread. They've been bad against the spread. Like Bobby mentioned, Baylor in a tailspin. They've played some tough games. The Boko loss, I think, is still – I can't you know, explain that one. They still should have won, especially as we continue to see this Boko team. They are scrappy, but Baylor has played some tough opponents, so I think they're better than their record indicates. They'll clean it up a little bit. I think they'll at least be 6-6. Six and six. But I like UCF to bounce back, bounce house, first game in Orlando – they suffered a tough loss. It's a team and a fan base that really, really cares, and they have big buy-in. They're new to this whole like power football thing even, but I think they'll clean it up. I like them against the Bears. Give me UCF minus 11.5. It's a little big, but I like it. See, y'all keep saying that UCF disappointed y'all last week because you picked them in the spread and they didn't cover. K-State's a good football team. Like I said last week, y'all were overreacting to this Missouri game. Missouri's also a good football team with some good skill players. Kansas State fought hard. Kansas State covered the spread last week versus UCF because they're a good football team. UCF, I thought, looked good in that game. They did not disappoint me. They showed me some things. I was like, yeah, they're just about where I thought they were in this season. Timmy McClain, the backup quarterback to Plumlee. Like, I think, Blake, you were talking about him last weekend. Like, yeah, he, he was impressive. He showed a I lot of good you. things. Yeah, John Rice still, still not a good, still not good down. enough to beat Kansas State in terms of covering. But uh, just going to say that uh, I think Baylor's going to spiral. I, I just don't see it. And here's why their strength was their running game. They had Richard Reese, one of the best players in the Big 12, we thought, coming into the season. And I say that not one of the best running backs. I thought he had a potential to be one of the better players in the Big 12 coming into the season. Um, any guesses for y'all? Just how many yards? Um, I, let's, let's start with this. How many carries do you think Richard Reese had last week? The last week is like next to nothing. He had three. Oh. Three carries. What is going on? That makes no sense. He's not good. I don't care how bad you're losing. That's so wild. Like, it's either he's just not good anymore, and we just saw something this past couple years. He isn't. He isn't. completely just tricked us. Whatever it is, is Baylor's stock continues to fall down, and if if it's not there in that running game, I don't know what it is. It's got to be UCF here. Pile it on. Pile it on. It's UCF. Mm. There's a lot of there's a lot of angles here. Baylor stinks, and this is coming from as Ty says a uh, a true diehard Baylor fan like myself. No, I don't say uh, I don't uh, I don't say that. I say you're a Baylor alum who just happens to be a TCU fan. Yeah, well, you never mentioned the TCU part after are, it. Are you a Baylor uh, alum? Yes or no? Yes, I am. Are and you a TCU, a TCU fan? TCU yes fan. or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, so. I don't understand why I'm being attacked here. This this team stinks. And uh, just not even a hot take. This is just looking forward. I don't think Dave Aranda makes it to the end of the year. I think he's done. I think they fire him come end of October, mm. early November, and start their head coaching run. It's I, I think it's that bad. I think this team's going to quit on him, and you have to factor. I think Vegas doesn't do that well enough. Factor in the quit. When T, like I think Michigan State's gonna do a little similar thing. When some of these head coaches go, they just they don't do anything. They just quit on the entire team. They're not gonna move the ball. They're gonna allow a whole bunch of points. And Vegas can't factor that in. There's no points. There's no total that you can put to that. There's no point value that you 
put to it, but it happens. It happens every single year. Blake Shapin, even if he comes back, he's not solving any of their problems. Blake he isn't good. He isn't, and he's not. He's not even that good, but he's significantly better than what Sawyer Robinson is. Which, haha, Baylor fans, you were calling Blake Shapin was the only reason why you were still in that Texas State game at the beginning of the year. But y'all were calling for Sawyer Robinson the entire time, and Sawyer Robinson sucks. Okay, they're this this Baylor team has quit. They're they can't move the ball offensively. Last week. Although it's Texas, a great offense, couldn't stop them defensively, which is like kind of their only strength. And then on top of it all, no John Rice Plummy. We know they're going to perform better. UCF is going to perform better than expectations. And also it's a Big 12 homecoming this week. So we get another women's empowerment, <laughs> uh, women's empowerment weekend with the Sports Illustrated swimsuit models. And we don't get DJ James Kennedy this weekend. We get no, oh, no. feminist. DJ Polly D. So if you've watched Shout the Jersey out. store, you know <laughs> that um, DJ Polly D <laughs> definitely respects what. Um, and then on top of it, uh, Baylor's doing this weird sports uh, sportsmanship thing. This is sportsmanship. They're like put billboards all around the Orlando area being like, welcome to the Big 12, Central Florida. We're so happy to have you. Bad. That's a loser program move. I You can't be doing that. Like, at least my team is memeing people to death when we beat them with their weird frog memes and stuff like that. You got to go that approach. None of this put billboards in welcome what is, what is this have, have we lost that competitive nature but that kind of shows where the baylor program is at right now they just kind of just happy to be here just welcoming teams not really competitive on the field i'm taking ucf if i can find some alt lines i might take some alt lines big like big 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 i mean some people i will say have uh, referred to central florida as the dj poly d of uh, college football that that's probably actually very true so it kind of checks out kind of checks out so um anyways let's move on to our next game and boy uh <laughs> what a pair uh, a pair of just truly struggling texas programs uh the houston cougars two and two uh both overall and against the spread had to lubbock to face an abysmal texas tech red raiders one and three overall and against the spread I don't know about you, Blake, but it doesn't seem like the Big 12 uh, championship is running through Lubbock anytime soon. Uh, Tech favored by eight and a half. You can find this one, 230 Central on FS2. Uh, Blake, look, I know you're ready to tee off on these guys, so... This program go, go stinks. It. I told y'all. I told y'all. I told y'all. I told y'all. Before the season, we had so much hype from the gambling experts out there that they were the best dark horse to win the Big 12. I heard so much crap from the coach themselves saying the Big 12 runs through uh, Texas Tech. And I've told y'all, and it's not even telling y'all, I've given y'all the empirical evidence that anytime a Texas Tech team is hyped, they always underperform. And even when they're the underdogs, they don't even perform that well. They're in seven and five, eight and four type program. I don't care about the recruiting wins that they get. I don't care about the better recruiting classes that Texas Tech gets every single year. 
under Joey McGuire. I get that they think things are getting better. I get that they are investing more money into their facilities, but I'm tired of this. I hear this from my other rival in SMU. SMU just talks about how much money they're pumping in the program, but I'm like, where are the empirical results? They don't exist because your program is a losing program and you still haven't found ways to convert losses into wins. And that is the most important thing in college football because let me, let me get, I'll give you all a little game plan. I'll give the people cactus gang out there a game plan. More donations come in when you start winning some football games. It's the best, it's the best donation mechanism that people are going to donate money to programs that they know are going to win. You can get one year influx of money into your program, just like Texas Tech, just like SMU, but it doesn't do anything. It really doesn't. You have to put a product on the field that people want to watch. I told y'all, Tyler Shuck, he stinks. He is not a good player. He's out. He, I know that, and I told y'all. And what did he leave the y'all? Poor man's in the hospital, <laughs> and nothing. And then Baron Morton comes in, just as bad. I knew it. I knew it from the start with this Texas Tech program. They are not a legitimate powerhouse. That you can't just put money and then immediately become good. You have to have tradition, to pick you have to have history. No, it's Houston. <laughs> I don't care if Houston is close to uh, close to firing Dana Holgerson. Dana Holgerson is done. His best days are behind him. I'm sorry. It's good to have you back in the Big 12 for a cup of coffee. This text team stinks. They cannot win football games. I don't care if it's at home. They barely can draw home audience regardless. So this game, nobody, nobody is coming out to this game. I am so, so, so happy. So happy this happened because I knew it. I sniffed this out from the beginning. Give me the Cougars. Told y'all Texas Tech's a whole bunch of frauds. I told y'all, and all y'all did was gas them up. You bought into the Cactus Game hype. I've seen this many of times. That's all my rivals <laughs> do is chirp about money, chirp about facilities, chirp about all the uh, upgrades they make. It doesn't matter. you got to win at some point, and they just can't do that. So give me the Cougars. Yeah, here's my thinking with this one. I have had Houston the whole week because I've been so excited to talk about this because quarterback for Houston, Donovan Smith. Known, I love Donovan Smith for a long time. And you talk about the whole Texas Tech quarterback situation. Blake's shaking his head for all you podcast listeners. Whenever Texas Tech could not find a single quarterback, I loved when Donovan Smith would come in and sling it. He at least, you know, Made things fun to watch. Baron Morton, oh man, he is putrid. Absolutely putrid. I do not like watching Baron Morton play football. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, something just doesn't fit, feel right. I, why should I pick Houston here? This is going to be one of those picks I just feel really nasty about throughout the week. And these past couple weeks, I've had a couple picks. So I just like, I sit down, I'm like, yeah, I picked the storyline here, but man, this pick just feels nasty, and I wish I could change it. Felt like that whenever I picked Oklahoma State the past couple weeks. So I'm going to pick Texas Tech here at minus eight and a half just because I have this weird feeling in my stomach. Even though my brain is telling me Houston and all of these things, I just, um, they say listen to your gut, right? And not your brain. So I'm going to go with my gut here. Hmm. I will say Jameson is perhaps he is, in fact, a. A, uh, I think he's a Dio or a chiropractor or something like that, but he, Damn, he does have a that's, point, that's right? A low, that's a low hit listen, for some people. <laughs> listen, to your, listen to your stomach, not your brain, because what do we know? Your stomach can growl, which you can hear. 
your brain never really growls. It never really, if you think your brain's making a noise, it's not, right? It doesn't growl. You can growl through like your voice box or your stomach and stuff. Brain cannot, you cannot, in fact, listen to your brain. So sage, sage advice there. Um, not sage like the plant, but but sage and other, uh, number two or three, if you look it up in the dictionary uh, definitions. Houston, not good. Dana, not good. We're already back, it, right? My favorite thing to do when I'm evaluating a team <laughs> once we get later in the season, schedule analysis. Tech has played some fairly decent teams, I think. And that, like, you have to factor that in. I understand we're looking at a team, you know, coming in. They've been terrible against the spread. They're one and three, also one and three against the spread. The Wyoming loss, inexcusable, but my fellow hosts on the Schooner Pod will tell me that Wyoming is sneaky at home. I believe it because I've seen it firsthand. They lost to Oregon 38 to 30, which is not looking too bad, quality loss mention, um, right now. And then we just talked about this West Virginia team that they lost to. I think they're much better than this Houston team. I like the Red Raiders in this one. Oh, man. I Both of these teams are not good. Uh, I'll get that out of the way. Uh, this is just a gross game. Um, but, you know, and, and I've been going back and forth on this because I, I'm so out in Houston. But now I think I'm totally out in Texas Tech with the with with shock out uh, because Bar- like as I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Baron Morton is horrible. Um, and look, you know, some people say that uh, you know a fool ignores the past. You know, that's how that's how that's what history is for. You learn from it, and you don't have to look far into the past to see what happened the last time Houston played at Texas Tech. Because it was last year when the Texas Tech Red Raiders beat them in double overtime and they rushed the field. That look, yep. I, Houston not was not program. Non-series. Tech is not a look. I, I I've I've thought that Tech would probably blow this one out, but honestly, the whole Donovan Smith factor. Mm-hmm. I just I, you know I genuinely mm-hmm. have a feeling that. That I think Tech wins this game, but eight and a half just feels like too much, which is really an indictment on Texas Tech uh, because this Houston team's not great. Um, but regardless, I, I feel like they're good enough to keep it close and make it sloppy, uh, especially with Tech not being at full strength. So, um, yeah, I got Houston plus eight and a half uh, to just keep this thing close and get a cover. Uh, I don't think they win, but. I, this this game is ugly, and when things go ugly, and there's an eight and a half point spread, you take the points. So that's what I'm going with here. Because I think this Vegas still Vegas is still way too high on Texas Tech. I think I, I don't think they understand Tech's situation. At I all. I agree with you, Bobby. I think yeah. it's a sheep take that you think Tech is just going to magically become good. They 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 watch the Oregon game and they remember the preseason articles, and that's it. That's why yeah. they're at eight and a half. Amen. I, Amen. I cannot believe I need to I need to find a, a a top or something and spin it to see if I'm in a dream like inception because I've got I've got Blake defending Dana Holgerson, <laughs> uh, Dabo, and I even forgot who it was. It was so absurd. Um, I just don't know. And, uh, and Jimbo Fisher. I've got him defending Jimbo Fisher as a true dynasty builder. Dabo is relevant nowadays. 
and Dana Holgerson all in the same podcast. It's just, I don't know what's going on. I think the Dana Holgerson defending is just an indictment on really how bad Joey McGuire is as a head coach. We anointed this guy as one of the best head coaches in America before he won a game. So I just, I keep it real. Like at the end of the day, the only stats that matter are the W's and the L's that are in your win win and loss column. And so Joey McGuire cannot convert L's into W's. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next ball game. We have the Kansas Jayhawks 4-0, 2-2 against the spread, ranked 24th in the country, back in the top 25, headed to Austin to take on the number three ranked Texas Longhorns, also 4-0, also 2-2 against the spread. Horns favored by 16 and a half, uh, ahead of the massive Red River sh- uh, rivalry next week. Um, you can find this one, 2.30 p.m. Central on ABC. Uh, and look, I I ate so much crow last week uh, with how I thought about Texas and Baylor. Texas shows has shown me that they're 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 a focused team. They're not going to make the mistakes of previous Texas teams and overlook bummy teams like Baylor. They're going to go in, do their job, put up a bunch of points, and win a ball game because they're talented. Um, and I think they're going to show up, and I think they're going to play a really good game. But they're not going to cover because Kansas's offense is good enough to keep this thing close. 16 and a half, way too many points. People are not taking this KU team seriously. Um, I I don't think Kansas wins this ball game, but 16 and a half is far, far too much for me. Uh, I think KU gets gets this cover here. It's not due to a look ahead thing. It's not due to Texas not paying attention or looking ahead to OU or anything like that or not being good. Um just because I think Kansas is solid enough to get that 16 and a half point cover. Uh, Vegas seems to agree with me. This line is shrinking. So uh, yeah, Jayhawks plus 16 and a half. Yeah. Look, I think Bobby has a a good point. Sorry if you're watching uh, by video. I'm having some technical difficulties with my lighting here. Uh, I kind of thought it was a bit. I'm not going to lie. No, no. My light just keeps going out. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, Kansas. There it goes again. Kansas is Really good on offense. I think they've even taken a step forward from where they were last year when they had their healthy QB1. But I, I just think it, Texas is a, a serious team this year. And anyone who's listened to the Schooner Pod in previous years knows that I'm not afraid of picking Texas or even going up on a soapbox for Texas. But I just, I really like what I'm seeing from them. I understand they've had some performances that maybe they could have done a little bit better. I think. There's maybe some certain players on the roster that are getting a bit more hype than they deserve to be if, if we were just evaluating that player themselves and how they would perform on, on other teams. But I think that Sark, for all his faults, is in a really good spot right now. I've seen some stuff from him that I really like, and I'm generally an anti-Sark guy. And and I, I don't think I'm an expert on college football. I think I'm much more of a, a casual than the uh, the three other hosts that are on this podcast with me, but I like what I'm seeing from Sark, and I really think that he's taken uh, a real developmental step forward as a coach, and I think that he might have a hard time repeating the success that he's having. I don't think that they're a national championship caliber team at the moment, but I really think that they're a very solid team, high potential for this to be a, a hangover game or a look-ahead game or both for Texas but I just have to go with the horns in this one. I think they're the safe bet. Give me, I'll do double horns up. I'm, I'm confident. It is a, it's a pretty hefty line, but I like the horns. 
It's, I think you just took my point away, um, but then ended up picking Texas. Uh, look ahead. Uh, I think it's straight up. Look ahead. Texas does this year in, year out. And we already have one data point on it this season. Versus Wyoming, and I understand Wyoming is a little bit feisty. It was 10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter for that Texas game. It was 10 to 10 versus Wyoming. Kansas, I understand they have a history and they don't want to be the team to screw up versus Kansas because they've done that plenty at Texas. But I just don't know if they're going to be 100% minds on Kansas all effort that they can and cover a 16 and a half point spread. I think Kansas just has too much offense here and Texas should sputter in terms of looking ahead at the Red River rivalry, which will be one of the best Red River. Ri- God, I can't say that twice in the span of like five <laughs> seconds without losing it. Red River rivalries in a long time. I know, but I can say it once because I'll prepare for it. But if I have to say it again, like my like my whole mouth will just disintegrate. We've been so used uh, to showdown. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. I've always called it rivalry. I've, I even whenever they moved away. Um, but. The fair it's going to be one of the be- it's going to be one of the best that we've had in terms of competition since the Colt McCoy era. So it's going to be so fun, and it's just hard for them not to look ahead at that game. It's just going to be so fun. I think Kansas wins. I mean, Kansas covers here, um, but loses by two touchdowns. Blake, you good there? Oh, yeah, I couldn't get that <laughs> mute button. My mouse was not working. <laughs> um. I'm going to take Texas. I think people assume that this is the Texas of the past where, oh, they don't get up for these types of games. Bobby fell trapped to it last weekend and got demolished by the spread. We kind of all saw it coming. This Texas team is good, but the like key thing that I think Kansas's offense game plan, fantastic, but Kansas relies a lot on the run, and I think Texas is going to do what they did to Alabama and just go all out and stop the run. Kansas cannot keep this game close if all they do is pass. They need they need uh, Jalen Daniels on his feet. They need Devin Neal to be running the ball. They need people to be like they need to get downfield via the run. I think Texas sells out for it. I think they sell out for it hard and just force Jalen Daniels to pass all day long, which I think can lead to mistakes. I think it can lead to just quick three and outs. I think Texas has shown like although Bama's receivers aren't as great. They can cover some good guys, and they can cover some good guys, stop the explosive plays. I think Texas I, – I think, like, Kansas, like, kind of stays in it, but I'm just – I see this as just Texas is – they have a solid game plan. They're able to just route kind of these – not like they're, like, the mid-level, like, they're the mid-level Big 12 teams. Like, although Kansas has a number by their name, I don't think they're necessarily better than – four or five in the big 12. So give me Texas. I think their defensive game plan is just going to give Kansas a whole bunch of problems. Jason Bean trick play touchdown this game. Lock it in. I would love I that. Love I would love that. Need it. Need it. They've, need they've it. been need putting it. him in as a decoy these past couple weeks where they line him up a wide receiver and they don't do anything with him. It's due. It's Jason time. Bean currently has a better quarterback rating than Jalen Daniels. Are they starting the wrong guy? Being for I think so. I agree. Maybe, maybe. I wish he transferred right. OU. That's also <laughs> another point. Yeah, fair enough. All right. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's out after this, unfortunately. Probably. Probably run out of uh run out of eligibility. All right. Anyways, let's move on to the game that actually matters. All of these other games are trash. 
It's the Iowa State Cyclones, two and two overall, two and two against the spread, heading to our your my Oklahoma Sooners, uh, ranked 14th in the country, four and zero, three and one against the spread. Uh, you know, some some people have four and zero against the spread, but um, look, and as much as I'd love to give it to them, have to main, remain consistent. Um, they did not cover uh, against Cincinnati for our purposes. Uh, Sooners favored by 20 here. Uh, you can find this one 6 p.m. Central Time on Fox Sports One. Blake, uh, kick us off here. Who do you like in this ball game? Yeah, yeah, this is just going to be kind of like my little mini rant about OU in their current state, and then I'll give you a pick at the end. But this OU team is going to be the most frustrating one I've ever witnessed in many ways because I've gone through the Baker years, the Kyler years, uh, the Jalen Hurts years where y'all were actually good, the offense was clicking, y'all were a beast of a team to go up against. I don't think that OU team is that good this year. I really don't. I don't think Dylan Gabriel's the truth. Like really? I'm no, I'm falling in with Ty. Like y'all to quote Josh Pate, which God, I keep on aligning with him a little bit he more. He said it like every five day. times today. I know it's bad. Y'all play a bakery of a schedule, and I don't think have looked very impressive on that bakery of the schedule. TCU looked significantly more impressive against uh, <laughs> against SMU than OU did. Yes. Oh, Bobby, what are you? What? Oh, you, no. Go watch some games. No, we softened them up for okay. you. I, I was I was reacting to they looked more impressive. I thought you were going to say looked more impressive against SMU than we looked against uh, Cincy. Oh like, no, no, saying, no, no! But I thought you were saying I thought you were saying SMU and Cincy were like the same team. No, no, not at all. But yeah, I that, think that's what this, I was reacting to. This yeah, OU, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think this OU team is going to be really frustrating to me because their ranking going to be very high because they're going to keep winning games. Quality, they're very low. I don't think they're one of the better OU teams that I've seen in my lifetime. I think on the quite the opposite. They're probably on the worser end of the OU teams I've seen on in my lifetime, which is good because y'all have put out a lot of good teams in our lifetime. I, I think y'all are kind of a whole bunch of frauds that just... Uh, like you, You're going to get to the Big 12 championship because your only test is TCU and Texas, but th- those are your only Ooh. two tests. You yes. try to slip TCU in there. <laughs> no, T- I think to, oh, like that's how weak y'all schedule is. Like that is truly how weak y'all schedule is. You don't oh, play it's bad. Case- yeah, it's so bad. Y'all are gonna waltz your way into the Big Twelve championship. You could maybe even because it's Texas beat them and somehow wind your way into the college football playoff and like get the worst loss OU of uh, OU no. has ever seen in the playoff game, which we've seen some bad ones. I really think y'all are not that good, but you have a favorable schedule that's going to get you there. It's similar to how Louisville is in the ACC, and it's going to be frustrating because I'm going to see this nice low number next to your name this entire year and be screaming from the rooftops. Y'all really aren't that good. You're probably not going to be covering many spreads. And you're still going to continue to advance in the polls because of your name. I'm going OU in this one after that whole thing. Uh, it was classic, like bad. Classic tie take. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't even hit us with like a little Lee Corso not so no, fast, it, my friend. No. You're just like, you're ass. I'm still picking you, though. But I would say it's bad, that bad. Very, very, very bad. We we all know this. We saw it yeah. last weekend. I don't even know what game you can even call it versus OSU, Iowa State. I think that game just showed me more. I knew what Iowa State was going into this game, but it shows me how bad OSU with the original bakery of a schedule. And I guess if they still rattle, rattle them all off, they can make it to the Big 12 championship game. But it's OU in this one. 
It's going to be late, though. It's going to be, it's not going to be a clean game, I feel like. Y'all are going to play a whole bunch of, like, weirdly, you're beating the teams by a good margin because you'll you'll have point spreads in the double digits, but can never, like, never really separate from these guys. And it's, this, this is going to be my most frustrating OU team today to deal with, but give <laughs> me the Sooners. Yeah, Blake mentioning TCU and the same sentence as Texas as tough opponents is like that. What's this polar bear doing in Texas meme? <laughs> what the hell is this polar bear doing in Arlington, Texas? <laughs> I've never That's seen one. OU in the, in the Big 12 championship. The same TCU <laughs> team that like Colorado put up how many points on them? Like, yeah, Colorado Colorado's offense is better. I, I think Colorado's offense is better than y'all's. I very wholeheartedly. So you think it's better? How many, yeah. points, how many points? I think would they have Oklahoma a better quarterback. Oregon. How many points do you think Oklahoma would score versus Oregon? At least seven. I don't think Col- Colorado that game was going. And this is props to the three of us on this podcast that realized this before. <laughs> They were going to go for a slow game plan to slowly bleed. Like, they didn't want to get blown out by 60. They wanted to keep it, like, a nice four or five. They didn't want to what? get what? So, what? So, so, so how what? can you say this, but say what? that their offense is better than Oklahoma? What? <laughs> their, so their brilliant offensive strategy was going slow so they didn't get lose by yes, more? You got to like <laughs> Deion Sanders is a PR masterpiece. Like, he wasn't talking any crap before the game last week because he knew he was going to get blown out. And so he adjusts his game plan. Like, he's only going to go for it when he can actually go for it. He knew he wasn't going to go for it versus Oregon. Y'all, I think, just wake up. Just wake up. You'll wake up and realize your offense is really not that good. Like, you really didn't do that well against the league. No we one know on this podcast that thinks that OU has a good offense play. That's not the whole point of this this OU team. The offense we is not a, great. It's very We elementary. did a whole episode two weeks ago that basically focused on our offense is terrible. <laughs> in terms it's, it's inconsistent. It's, it's inconsistent in at best. Oklahoma standards, but it's still competent. It can still win you oh, games okay. with a good defense alongside it, and that's what we're seeing with this Oklahoma football team. Oh, good defense against Arkansas State. The really big, oh, in Tulsa. Oh, Tulsa. Oh, in and Cincinnati. Oh, Emory Jones, Jones, the barn burner. Like, see, this is I, the I, thing. It's good defense uh, against really bad teams. It's really but, bad teams. Yeah, but okay, you, but really you, it's you can tell it's better against bad teams. It was not Iowa State good against bad is also a here. really bad team. Yeah. Which I guess what, that's why why Blake has OU covering, but we've given I'm, I'm sorry, up one, we've given up one touchdown this year, and it was to SMU in the fourth quarter. I Jameson, your your bakery of a schedule with all them buns lined. <laughs> so up what else do you want us to do? Arkansas State is not. Gonna, <laughs> you, not you, put us, you put us into a bakery, <laughs> but, but our defense is still up there. They're making some pretty good croissants up right there now. Let me the, tell you no, something. We don't. We haven't seen them against a legit opponent. We're gonna see it next week. Jeez, we're yeah. in Colorado. You, you're giving us tools, and we're kick, cooking with what we got. Okay. Your, your biggest argument against OU is we haven't played anybody, which is something we cannot control. 
yes, but I'm saying, but then you're citing me like our defense is, is good. And I'm like, oh, your defense is good against really bad opponents. We'll see it next week against a legitimate opponent. I don't think it's going to turn out how dominating as y'all are making it sound against the Texas Nobody's squad. saying we're going to dominate Texas. Jameson's making it sound, uh, Jameson's been talking that stuff about the defense. He's been, I see him in the chat a little bit talking about, oh, this guy's making some good tackles. This guy's mm. making some good plays. Mm. I know Jameson deep down is a little hype about this defense. He thinks it's a classic Brent v uh, Venables defense. So I, ja I Jameson has to, Ty, yeah. I, I know you're calling a timeout, but Jameson has to rebut to this. Yeah. Um, this defense is absolutely improved from what we've had in the past. I know Sorry that. for me being that. a little bit optimistic about this defense because this is not the same Oklahoma defense we've had. So it's a change of culture. Is it a Clemson-style Brent Venables defense? It's not there to the levels of, no. like, you know, Clellan Farrell and Dexter Lawrence and, you know, all of the defensive superstars that had came through Clemson. It's not that. But it's coming down to the point where I can say the defense is stronger than our offense right now, and the defense can go actually win us football games this year. This game, yes, this because you will play nobody. Game. They can win you, did because they don't have to play any. What else do you want us to do? What else do you want us to do? Then you think quote you, you were quote winning it like y'all are actually good. That's the thing. Is like I think like, we're. I think we're, I said, we are. I think we are good. I do not think no, we're great. I, think, I say you're not good. I think you're going to win a lot of games, but you are Sorry, not Ty, good. No time. I out. think we, Ty, we got, we got to get to this man. Come on, come on, come on. We've gone long enough on this. Bobby threw it up there. I think something we can all agree on. Jeff Levy is a terrible coach. Yes. I, player one. Player one says Jeff Levy suck at coaching or suck at uh, at coaching. And I, you know what? At yeah. Um, he he at does. He does suck. He does <laughs> suck. I. <laughs> He does suck at coaching a little bit. I agree there. Okay, Davison, this was supposed to be me, your pick. Me, I am so sorry. This. Continue. Continue. <laughs> I would love it, Jameson chose Iowa State right I'm now. I'm not going to pick <laughs> Iowa State. They're just overinflated <laughs> because they put up a bunch of points versus absolute trash Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. The That's OU's whole flow. They copied our whole, our whole flow is putting up a bunch of points against trash. So, yeah, Oklahoma minus 28. Here's the thing. With Oklahoma and these larger spreads at home, it's just I feel like the way this team is set up in terms of our depth and young talent that we can just run away and cover spreads in the third quarter. You know, if we can get up, I don't worry about backdoor covers from Iowa State whenever we're trying to get good reps for guys like Jackson Arnold. I like 20 points here for Oklahoma very easily. Yeah, hey, I'll keep it tight. Jameson and I did a whole podcast on this earlier in the week. It's shorter than this one, if not by much. But if you want to go give it a <laughs> listen, uh, we break down well, we break down the the Cincy game, but then also we spend a good bit of time on this Iowa State game, and then we of course bleed into some Red River stuff. Iowa State, it, it doesn't matter. Iowa State classic. I've had this take for years. They are an MPC, as kids would say nowadays. They're like a video game bad guy. They're there for you to beat them if you do the right things. And this is the worst Iowa State team that we've seen in a while. It, even if Blake's worst OU team in, since last year, because we're better than last year, but even if Blake's whole we're not a good OU team thing is true, this Iowa State team is much worse. OU, for all of Levy's faults, I feel like I'm seeing some learning from him. If OU can get some Tawi Walker production in this game, on big runs, 
if we can get some reasonable running in, employ Dylan Gabriel within his capability set, as Nick Anderson continues to step up, as Drake Stoops continues to get healthier, as Andrew Anthony continues to fill that workman in the middle, in traffic, making catches roll alongside Drake Stoops. We're basically getting two Drake Stoops right now between, I call him Ant, Andrew Anthony, and then also Drake Stoops. Nick Anderson really stepping up. Love him. Younger brother, Rodney Anderson, OU great, I think. If we can do that, I think OU can pretty reasonably, even with some sus offensive play calling, win this one by 28. I'm not going to jinx this, though. I like OU minus 20. I feel like OU's offense, like, numbers really kind of go hot and cold depending on what week it is. Uh, we're we're great against Arkansas State because, duh, uh, we're weak against SMU, great against Tulsa, a little weak against, you know, Sensi. I think we're going to have a really strong bounce back week. Um, I think a lot of the issues, a lot of the kinks get ironed out because this Iowa State team is not very good. And it's also, look, this is probably the last time we're going to talk about Iowa State in a very long time. We are leaving the conference. This is the last meeting in a meeting that has been historically very lopsided. If you've listened to our Bye Bye Big 12, you know about that. Uh, and look, 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 look. The Scooter Pod has a uh, light history with the Cyclones, uh, specifically one uh, Cyclone Larry, which we didn't really realize at the time. And they look, Ty, Ty brought it up. There was a lot of uh, upsetness about how OU wasn't built to beat them because, you know, they didn't realize that Ty's analogy was actually spot on and perfect because that's how Iowa State performs. And usually they're a very solid team. Usually they're like, let's say like a, a final boss you know, at their best moment, they were a final boss in 2020. But right now, they're Zigzagoon. They're Rattata. They're, <laughs> we're, we're running into them on Route 1. And you know what? Get these bums out of here. I am so sick of playing teams like Iowa State. And I oh, cannot stop. wait. I cannot <laughs> wait me, to upgrade. Give me Vanderbilt these, Mizzou. Oh, my get gosh. Get these folks I... out of them. Vanderbilt Mizzou will be our worst game. <laughs> Will be our worst game. Iowa State is one of our best in this, can, in, in this Oh slate. my god! If I, I need to just, I need this to Mulligan. be March because Mulligan. I'm ready to get these. I'm ready to get these bums out of here. I'm, I, I'm tired and of it. I can't wait if y'all start going six and six every wait, year. I'm Bobby wait. talking about. Oh, this is so much better. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm gonna. I need to. Let me write this one down on my phone wait, just wait. in case. How many wins does Iowa State have against OU all time? In in the years of us playing in the Big 12, Big 8, Big 6, name it. How many wins all time? I I cannot I cannot give this answer because I want to give a comeback that is not uh advertiser friendly. So Seven. Seven. Once. Seven, Blake. Which is Get less... that out of here. Okay. Ty knows where I'm going with this. Give the comeback. Like, no, the comeback's not false. I can't. I can't. I can't. I cannot. Bobby opened the door for it and I could just slam it in his face, bury him 20 feet deep, and he would be done. But I can Lesson what? Lesson what? Lesson what, Blake? No. I, I was told advertiser friendly. So hey, you know what? You know man. what though? Um I did have something that was actually relevant. But I'm, 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 losing I'm not even it. trying to stop the discussion. I had something. I was like, oh, I forgot to work this in. It was really good. OU minus 20, though. It's going to be a blowout. I, I think OU is going to have things clicking on defense. The, the Cyclones don't scare me. I, I think they are a team in turmoil right now. 
Uh, Matt Campbell, should have taken the money and run, buddy. Uh, hope you enjoy uh, your time at the MAC. Iowa State so. has the has the chance to do the funniest thing ever. Like, oh, truly yeah. funniest oh, thing yeah. ever. Look, it, just and lose by I, nineteen. I, look, and if we if we if we lose that, <laughs> if we. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Oh, so we lose, we're gonna destroy him, and he just goes out and is able to cover by nine. By if we lose to Iowa State and this is clipped, then that's fine. That's fine. We are. I deserved it. <laughs> I, I absolutely. I we deserved it. I earned it, and uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's how. That's how it works. And they should. I'd be mad at them if they didn't find this. If they won. Um. So yeah, there we go. Uh. There's Bobby's that brand guy trying to grow the brand. I uh, yeah, I, I am the sacrificial lamb on which the scooter pod will rise. So, uh, anyways, let's move on to our next uh, pick, our favorite pick. Why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! What? Oh, Jesus! Oh, oh, guys, it's time for our wild card picks, where we pick our favorite. Um, Essentially, each of our favorite games from around the slate, uh, each one of us gets one, and each one of us gets a pot of greed to use, uh, which is an extra pick to use at any point during the season. Uh, Ty's already used his. All uh, us three, though, we're clear to clear to use ours whenever. So I'll start because it's my turn. And look, I saw a line that honestly surprised me pretty big here. And Blake and I know about this guy. We've been behind him since the group of five preview. I don't understand why Charlotte is a 23 and a half point dog at SMU, but you can't tell me, you can't show me a 23 and a half point spread and then tell me to bet against Biff Pogey. That the just who has honestly, even though they only have one win this season, you know, they've played a uh, really tough competition, but they've looked pretty good against Maryland and Florida. 23 and a half to me seems like a lot for an SMU team that, you know, frankly, wasn't offensively impressive against OU, uh, looked horrible against uh, TCU last week, as I know, unfortunately, all too well with my Malort bet. And, you know, Charlotte, I, I, I feel like I feel like they have enough uh, enough in the tank to keep this thing close. So uh, give me the 49ers um, plus 23 and a half here. Love that. Love that, Bobby. Ty? Sorry, I was also having trouble finding my mute button. Look, here's the thing. I just like to be a little tricky on the wild card. I didn't even have a reason to do this, but I almost thought about just picking a team who's on a bye week and picking their spread for next week to just see if anyone would catch it and try to bamboozle and, and loophole into the rules there because that is something that we don't have a rule over. So I could somehow yes, absolutely. I, I could that would, I could that would just be a forfeit. Card. That would be a forfeit. No, because no, no, I picked a game. If I forfeit, I'm, ruling committee, I'm not uh, doing that though. I'm not doing that though. To be clear. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what do you do on the wild card? Uh, what I like to do on the wild card, Blake picks at me for not being for not having a great record on wild cards. I like to think I'm near 50%. But here's what I like to do. I like to pick big lines. I like to pick big, big lines in my wild card. I like to get tricky with it. My pot agreed. I picked Bama minus 40, and we hit that. We hit that only because it was the first week of the season and Bama started to disappoint. Who's a team that's bad? Arizona Same. State. But they looked pretty good against USC last week, so we're not going to pick them. Who's another team that's bad? 
and located near Arizona State, Arizona. Who is Arizona playing this week? The Washington Huskies. Who's a team that I've always been pretty sympathetic towards? The Washington Huskies. And now they got a really, really solid quarterback. I would argue, if you just look at the numbers and look at the people they've played, potentially, if you just had unbiased statistical analysis, season to date, not saying he is, but season to date, you could make a good argument, the best quarterback in college football. Of course, Michael Penix Jr. at Washington. They are minus 19.5. That's a pretty hefty one. It's not crazy. But minus 19.5 against Arizona. I like the Huskies. I think they're a dark horse and increasingly less of a dark horse for the playoff. I think they're a serious contender for the pack. I cannot wait to see a game against them and the Oregon Ducks. Give me Washington minus 19.5 against the Arizona. The Arizona. The Arizona. (laughs) Against Arizona. (laughs) The Arizona. Okay, so um, like I said last week, I usually make picks out of spite or out of love. And I, I try to not actually take a look and think what's actually going to work out here because it's a lot Jameson more fun. and I might life. have the same one, and I'm scared. This I, is what I'm scared for. <laughs> I'm I don't have backup plans, so go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't think you are because I'm I'm not going to pick a spite one here, Blake, because – oh, I just dropped my phone, so sorry, everyone listening. Um, but I'm just going to still just go off. Because I haven't talked about this yet. I hate you, PJ Fleck, so much. I hate you, PJ Fleck. You are just the most miserable human being. What you did versus Northwestern is absolutely embarrassing. It's Northwestern. You're up 21 in the fourth quarter and blew it. I had a freaking parlay from $8 to $600. All hit. Last one left. Minnesota money line. This is not even a Minnesota spread pick. I just had a Minnesota money line with it. Because, of course, Minnesota is going to beat Northwestern. Oh, my God. Do I want to pick Louisiana Lafayette so bad versus Minnesota? So, so bad. I just, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because I just have this feeling Minnesota will just become that one team that's just going to continue to just poke at me and just hurt me more and more and more throughout the season if I were to pick them. I'm not going to let them do that to me. I'm, I'm just going to say, you know what? You got me this time. You took $600 essentially out of my pocket by doing that. I'm not going to let you destroy my the rest of my college football season. I'll just look at and laugh at you from afar. So I'm just going to use my brain here on this one. There's one line that I really liked, and it's James Madison minus three at home versus South Alabama. Looks like Blake is very happy that um, not he's not um, – having to pick a new wild card after I have decided to pick this one. South Alabama losing to Central Michigan Chippewas. I actually watched the majority of that game on a like side TV yes, um, last weekend. And man, South Alabama did, was, didn't have it. Didn't have it. And I started thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, this is a competitive, competitive team. People really liked them. But they really didn't show too much at the beginning of the season. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah, they're back. This is that competitive team that I thought they were whenever they crushed Oklahoma State. We have learned that Oklahoma State is a miserable football team. So is South Alabama really this team that we all thought they were? Or is it just that Oklahoma State just bumped them up? JMU is a really good football team. They're undefeated. They're at home as a three-point favorite. Give me JMU here. Love that pick. Blake? 
Jameson was in the right state, but he did not get my pick, and I'm so happy okay. because Alrighty. the story that is not being talked about in college football and a man who has screwed me over now two weeks in a row, and I just got to ride him. Anthony Calandria, I the love quarterback. Him. I love the quarterback him. for UVA. This man, he only knows deep balls. And are they going to end up as an interception more than an incompletion? Doesn't matter. Yes, it doesn't matter because this is what I've been saying for the Cowboys so longest time with Dak Prescott. That's why Josh Allen is so good. Sling the ball downfield for a forty-yard arm punt. If they get it, it doesn't matter. You pinned them deep where you want them to, and your defense comes out. If not, you just got a big reception. Can score easily. That's how you win games. This Virginia team coming into the year, I thought was going to be abysmal, and I thought I could just pick on them every single game. I took the under for Maryland because I thought Maryland was going to put up a whole bunch of points, but UVA is not going to score. No, Anthony Calandria comes out, puts 14 on them early to ruin it. And then last week I had NC State just to cover the game, Anthony Calandria, that dog, that dog in him, he still keeps it close. This man has five touchdowns to six interceptions on the year, and I think that's a great thing. I don't want him to change a single thing. I'm finally going to cash in on the fact that Anthony Calandria is going to do something because I think they cover at Boston College a dreadful and abysmal program. The only thing they can get up for is the red bandana game every uh, like every single year, but this program is dying. Anthony Calandria is going to sling it. He's going to sling it big time. I'm so scared. Jameson being in that state, he's seen He's seen the prophecy in front of my mm-hmm. eyes. It's great. It's a great watch. At, at worst, if I lose this, I got to watch a great game because this man does not check down. He goes for it all, and I want that. So give me the UVA Cavaliers. Go who's plus three at Boston College. Okay, I see some sports books. Looks like have three and a half. So I might. I'll take three and a half. Yeah, I'll take three and a half. No, let's just take that three and a half. Yeah, I'll give that to you. Um, man, I love him too. I love he. He just does not care. He doesn't care. He'll throw it in traffic because he's a freshman. He hasn't screwed up enough. He doesn't have any of those ghosts that he's seeing out there. He's just thrown to spots. He knows exactly what his team is, and he knows they suck. So he's like, might as well try to make a show out of it, and he does it. So I love it. I love the hypothetical, too. Would Alabama be better with Anthony Calandria as their quarterback? I think so. I do think so. This man is a dog, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait that I get to watch this game just because I know I bet on it. So yeah, give me. I'm, I'm confused why you thought that my spite pick was going to be and then ended up picking Virginia. No, I didn't think spite, but going into it, I was worried because you were kind of the only one else in the chat talking about how amazing this man was. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't want somebody <laughs> to start writing him just like I am and choose him before me. So... Hey, they, yeah, they gave JMU a fight. Like, it, JMU barely won that game. Yeah. They, they're dogs. They're dogs, baby. <laughs> they're dogs. They're dogs. Um, Get everyone here and be okay. Uh, my computer yes. uh, made an attempt. Up <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just immediately. Just, wrong I was just, I, it, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. But, yeah, it, ugh, disaster. Can you just disaster. get a new one? 
I mean, in 2020, that's three years. Okay, yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't I, remember I, what's what. I just I've, remember I've had, the days where you were podcasting off a computer that you legitimately ran over with, over car. with a car. It, it, it's, it not a, it's not that one. It's not that one. One time he had a, a borrowed one. What? No, no I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, no, this one is... <laughs> that's, not, that's not a bit. No, I remember that. I remember that. No, I remember that. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife's friend, Allie, helped us helped me out. And we had, had that borrowed... It was a tie. It was funny because I was like... No, that was like a, a 2008. Real thing that happened. Yeah, I remember that now. It was like a 2008 Mac, MacBook. And it somehow did like so much better than the one that was... I don't know why I'm saying somehow. Was the, other one was over the other one had been run over by a car and it had kept running for like five years. I don't get how I still, I know you've explained the story to me. I still don't get how you accidentally it, ran over a laptop with the car. It, it like, was in my, okay. Hurt. It was in my backpack and where I was at, I, I was in a, I, I was kind of cleaning out my car and I was in a position where like this weird little courtyardy area and my grandma was like hey bobby could you move your car real quick i was like yeah sure i went to move it and I rolled right over my backpack which had my laptop mm -hmm. in it and uh turned it on glass was cracked but it worked and i graduated college with yeah. that uh same laptop so there you go kids dreams can come true you could get through anything uh, I remember I remember one time uh Jameson and I were going to to meet up with Blake and Jameson ran over a bird. Oh yes, I, I, I sped true. up into that bird. Except he did I he sped vengeance. up he sped up and he mumbled, I am vengeance. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> okay, Blake, Blake, what was your last pick though? It was uh UVA? Was it yeah, UVA plus three and a half, okay. baby? Okay, cool. Um awesome. Well, uh Timothy Timothy Thank you for commenting, hanging out with us the whole time. Yes, when our next show is going to be, uh, it's going to be Wednesday uh, for the weekend spread where we talk about all of these football games. But you're going to be getting a ton of content because it's officially Red River Week and we are getting just so much OU Texas stuff in. I am so excited for it, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, guys, it, I don't think we're done here. You never saw this coming. I summoned Pot of Green. This dude's computer died on him. I, he wasn't gonna have a chance to do his pot of green. <laughs> we die trying to pull up the pot of green. No, 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 it did not. I promise. Blake was in the middle talking. I have a pot of green. We have one more pick for me. And look, boys, I'm feeling energized because for too long we have loved Boko and Texas State. Because they're plucky, because they're weird, because they have this. <laughs> don't I don't know. This, they have, they have this when, when will you learn? No, no. no. no, no, no. The die has already been cast. The die has already been cast. They have, they have this chippiness, but they're never actually good. So even though people would pick Boko, they weren't actually good. But that has changed this year. And you know what, boys? We're we're rolling with Boko. I I have never picked Boko for a wild card. Oh, dummy. No, I have never dummy. I have never picked oh, Boko for a for, for a pot of green. But we're rolling with Boko minus six oh. at Southern Miss. Oh. Um, no. I know. I I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the vibes. Things are different down there in Central Texas, and I I, I don't like I don't like the Southern Miss team this year. I don't think they're very good. I think Boko is going to roll it. Get that cover. Seems low. I like it. I think I think things are rolling. We got our guy Kelly Damphouse 
those that know you from a certain period of time know him as uh, I believe he was my sociology teacher, my friend, my uh, freshman year. He is now the uh, president at Texas State. So I love that. I'm right with the with old, you know, with the Professor Damphouse's boys and the Texas State Bobcats as my pot of greed. My one time pick this season. Uh, minus six on the road at Southern Mist. I don't care. Come at me, boys. What, what, me. What, uh, I just want to give you another one. You getting minus Wyoming six at this point. I got it at DraftKings Sportsbook earlier today. Okay, I no see. Fans. I see almost like all of the sportsbooks right now. I'm, li- I just looking at Action Network. Have it at five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. Well, I, I think oh, fake. six still. Mm. Are people fa- people are fake Boko. I don't believe them. It opened at seven. It's a five and a half now. Give, give yourself five and a half because I guess yeah. it really doesn't matter in terms of. Um, no, we you know, generally um, we picked live on the the wild cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm good with the five and a half Help here. So I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take Boko minus five or minus five and a half on the road here. I don't. Um, it, I don't hate it. it. Southern Miss has not been good since three Packers quarterbacks ago, which was 1991. Uh, which is insane. 1990 for for Southern, actually, which is insane. Yeah, you. Know, I, would, I would love to fade but... Southern Miss. Oh, don't I? God, you just tempting fate with this. So I, I knew I wanted to. Do, I knew I wanted to do pot of greed this week. I was split between this one and uh, Oregon minus 27. I, I looked. I looked. Have you well. have you legitimately never wild carded Texas State? No, I've never. I've so, never fallen prey. For everyone that's not aware, it, the thing about Texas State is it always hits the first time. I introduced Texas State invasive species to this podcast, and it hit. And then Jameson fell victim to my spiel, and then he picked him, and it hit. And then now Bobby has fallen victim. It never hits afterwards. But I like because Bobby's the only one that's picked it. There's the Texas State jinx, but it might hit. Like, usually it hits on the first one, and that's how you get hooked. So, Bobby getting on this Boco train is just – I feel icky inside. I feel icky. I'm scared something bad's going to happen now. Like I've cursed him. No, they'll probably hit. That's the thing. And then he'll get addicted to it like you and I are. No. And no, he'll no, just no, no. string together L's for the next however many years. Just I, I could have a little Boco as a treat. Person. I can have a little Boko as a treat. I'm telling you, it's addictive. You got to be careful. I've been <laughs> no, no, sweating every single it. Saturday watching He's the ESPN Plus it. horrible <laughs> camera angles that they show in San Marcos. Every I single, will say, I've been Bobby. watching every single game this year. And like they show like diagonal coverage of the play. It's like not straight on. It's not like the perspective. Oh, it's that weird like no, 2K angle. Oh, no, it's not the 2K oh. angle. It is a mixture of 2K angle and like press box angle. And you're like, what is Ooh. going on here? That's that's I will gross. say I will Just say, Bobby, it's it. it's never been done before. It's not against the rules, but you can technically mulligan your wild card. <laughs> It would be I'm not outlandish. I would. I would I'm not gonna lie. I considered mulliganing it. No. <laughs> Just for I, I already bit. did. I already did. I already did. No, because, no, no. Because ducks minus twenty seven is actually looking kind of tasty. I, I, I actually. The duck- oh, well, no, 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 you can't mulligan and pick it complete. Well, I don't know. I, we've already gone so long. Yeah, no, you, I don't think you can mulligan that. I, I think I've made my bed with Texas State, and I'm fine with that. I like I like Boko here. I think they, they, they pull it off. So, all right, yeah, we've got a long time. Let's uh, go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. 
those of you who have stuck with us um, on live, we always appreciate it. Always fun interacting with you. Uh, for those of you who have listened on podcast, uh, thank you so much as well. Always, always appreciate that. Um, and yeah, uh, we mentioned it what feels like 10 years ago. But uh, if you're in the central Oklahoma area, please do consider uh, signing up to give blood uh, at any Bob Moore or OBI location. Uh, you can find that link in our description uh, on YouTube, everywhere podcasts are. Uh, seriously, could really save some lives and really make a major, major difference to those in central Oklahoma. I know it's historically low right now, uh, our blood reserves. So um, you could really, really make a difference and uh, impact someone's life in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening to our fun, weird college football show. We very much appreciate it every week. And um, look, next week is going to be fun. The, 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 the week it spread, crap slate, not very good. But OU Texas weekend, always fun to talk about it. Uh, always fun to get that going. Uh, and, you know, we, we have so much for you. So, so much OU Texas content for you. You're going to get probably annoyed with us. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know if I need to offer this to final comment, so I'm just going to wrap this up. What do you say, guys? Cool. Donate blood. Donate the blood. For me, for me, Blake, Ty, and Jameson, this has been the Weekend Spread. We'll see you next week, and great good luck out there. Not, not too great, just a little bit of good luck. <laughs> <laughs>